0: Well our scripture this morning is from the book of James, and I invite you to read along with me as we hear God's word to us today. James chapter three, beginning of verse one. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with the bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies or look at ships, though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member of Yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a word of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Well, he doesn't mince words, does he? In 12 verses, James uses a whole lot of images to talk about the power of the human tongue. A wild beast, bits and bridles for horses, a rudder on a ship, fire, poison, Clean water, dirty water, he does not mince words. Watch your mouth. And there are other examples in scripture that we can point to that bear a warning about our words. I just found two this week. Proverbs says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues guard themselves from trouble. Psalm 34, 13. Then you must keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking lies. In Matthew, Jesus says, it's not what goes into our mouths that defile us, but what comes out of them. We have lots of phrases that we say to help people know the importance of speech. Wash your mouth. Watch your mouth. Hush up. Shut your mouth. I'll wash your mouth out with soap. Uh, Bite your tongue. Hold your tongue. Don't be a blabber mouth. If you... Don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Or to quote the great steel magnolias, if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me. Words have power. Words have power. We can use them to heal or destroy. We may say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But it's not true. Words do hurt you might not be able to remember what you had for dinner last night, but I bet you can still recall painful conversations of the past because the words you hurt, heard wounded you deeply. Ten different people can say something kind and affirming to you, and you will remember the one person who had something negative to say. Words have that power over us. A friend of mine shared with me about when she was feeling called to ministry. She was um, a youth sponsor at church, and she ended up going to lunch with the youth minister. And during lunch, she decided to say something she'd never actually said to any of the ministers there. And she said, you know, I'm feeling called to ministry. I've I've been looking up seminaries online to apply to, and I just really love the church and feel called to serve it. And this youth minister replied, well, even lay people love the church. And she quickly changed the subject, put those applications away for a long while. Now, is it a perfectly true statement, what he said to her, lay people love the church? Yes. But to a 22-year-old who was trying to figure out her place and her purpose and calling in life, it felt like he was trying to politely say, stay in your place. You're where you need to be. And it took her a long while to get over that. She didn't realize that she needed to hear something else. And for that matter, I think that minister totally unaware of the weight and power of his words to her in that moment. In fact, when she did ultimately tell him she was going to seminary, that she was, felt drawn to ministry, he was excited and affirming and thrilled for her, but he missed it. He missed a moment where she needed to hear, how wonderful, I'll pray for you, and encouragement. Words have power. None of us are perfect. Sometimes we fail to say the words someone needs to hear in a moment. We've rushed to comment on someone's story when all they really needed was for us to listen. We have tried to minimize or explain away someone's pain or hardship. And when they really, really need someone, we are quick to offer our advice. And so here I am, offering a bit of advice to you this morning with trepidation. And my one small bit of advice that I say to myself in this, as to any of us, is that if someone trusts you enough to share their story, be it hard or painful or scary for them, try to practice the pause before you speak. Before you speak in anger or frustration or confusion, try to pause, even if it's just a few breaths before you speak. Barbara Brown Taylor, Episcopal priest, she has this beautiful writing about James 3, and the image that makes sense to me. She says, our words create worlds like bubbles that float away from us, and once the worlds are created, we can't change them. We can't take them back. They flowed on to their recipients. The worlds we create with our words can be beautiful and life-giving, or they can be ugly and violent. What do you want to create with your words? What world do you want to shape? I remember a youth volunteer I knew many years ago who was just an amazing, loving, dedicated woman who was really good at working with young people. She And they loved her as much as she loved them. She encouraged them. She cheered them on. She prayed for them. She showed up for them. She cried with them. She laughed with them. And there was nothing particularly young or hip about her. She just had a way of loving young people. And they knew it, that she was safe space, that she was someone that loved unconditionally, that she would be there for them and show up for them, and they trusted that. And one day, she and I were talking, and she said something about her childhood that sort of surprised me, and it is that she had a very painful childhood, in fact, abusive childhood. And she said that she tries to be for others what she didn't have, that she's tried to be the person she needed when she was younger. And so she speaks words of love and encouragement and acceptance because she knows those were words she needed to hear. And all of us, we've all said words that we wish we could take back words that we have said that have meant to be bullets to wound. We have typed things out on our social media pages that we would never ever say to somebody's face. And we have said things we regret. You know, when someone says to me that they don't have any regrets, I'm always doubtful of that. I regret things that I've said. I regret things I left unsaid. Have you ever had a moment where you had a chance to actually give somebody a piece of your mind? You just really let them have it. You say all the things you've been holding back on for so long. And when you finally do it, you actually don't feel better. You feel worse because you realize it's not the person you want to be. It's not who you are. We've said words that have been bullets We've said words that are meant to hurt and to wound and destroy accidentally and on purpose. James says, How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. The tongue is a fire. No one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse those who are made in his likeness from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. This ought not to be so. It's not that I think James wants everybody to take a vow of silence, although after listening to his warnings, you might think that's the best route for you today, (laughs) but to understand the extraordinary power of our words, how one little word can be like a spark that can start a fire you can't. Stop again. It's a cautionary reminder to us all to use them wisely. Will we use our words to bless God and curse those who are made in his likeness? Think of the power of hearing some of these words in your life. Just listen with me for a moment. I love you, you belong here, you're forgiven. I'm sorry, you're not alone. Jesus loves you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. You are welcome at that table, at that meal today. All, all are welcome here. Words have power. Words have power to shape and heal our world. You know, I don't have um, some of those, at least I never have had, some of those typical nightmare-type dreams. You know, I've never dreamt that all my teeth have fallen out. Thank the Lord for that one. I've never flown in a dream. I've got family members that say, oh, I was flying last night. I've never done that. I've never had a dream where I forgot to go to class or it was late to getting to the final. All my nightmares are (laughs) church-related. True story. And I have two regular recurring type nightmares, and it's specifically, always specifically, about sermons. And in one scenario of this nightmare is that I have um, about to speak, I know that I'm about to be called up, And yet, I suddenly recall that I have forgotten all of my notes back in my office. And so, in my dream, I'm running frantically back to my office to try to get back to you all before you even notice that I'm gone. That's one part of the nightmare. The other part of the nightmare is that we are singing. We're singing a hymn. And suddenly, I become aware that I just forgot to prepare a sermon for this week. Like just oops it slipped my mind and I forgot and I'm aware we're on the last verse and in my mind I am telling myself what do I have to say do I have anything to say and the thing is despite what my nightmare tells me I know when I wake in the fiber of my being that I do have something to say we all have something to say ever since the wind swept spirit of god came to those scared and frightened disciples at Pentecost we the church have something to say to the world a word about the saving love of jesus christ a word about the god of second chances a word about forgiveness and grace and mercy In a world that is consumed with telling you what you need to do is level the score. A word about poverty and suffering in this world that is consumed with power and money. A word about a church that throws open the doors and says, y'all come. We have something to say. We have something to say. And I just know that one of these days, in my own dreams, I'm going to face that moment without my notes, without my words prepared, and to know in my heart of hearts that no matter what, I still have something to say. And you do too. You have something to say. The powerful, extraordinary power of words. Words to bless, words to curse, words to heal or to destroy. Use them wisely. Amen.